Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from EO Fire, and you're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys with your show host, Paul Teague. It's the must-listen weekly podcast for all indie authors who are prepared to ignite. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary. This is for podcast episode number 17 and this episode will be released on Monday the 27th of June 2016. Not an awful lot of news this week, mainly because I've been out and earning a living all week. So I've been, I think I've done three trading sessions this week and I also had to squeeze in a funeral uh, down in Bristol. So I'm delighted that I've actually managed to squeeze any writing in at all this week. Uh, so this week, Don't Tell Meg Progress, we actually hit 70,000 words today and I got 9,954 words written, even though I feel like I've been flying around all over the place this week. I'm very happy with that. I woke up at the crack of dawn at six o'clock this morning, managed to get 2,000 words written before anybody had even surfaced in the house. I reckon now... Looking at my schedule for next week, I think I'm going to get it finished, or the first draft finished, of course, next Saturday, the 2nd of July. I think, unless anything goes awry or anything changes, I'm going to be able to fit in four writing days this week, which is roughly 5,000 words a day. I think I'm going to get an extra 20,000 words written in between now and next Saturday, which puts me at my target of 90,000 words. Now, when you come to the end of a story, it takes as many words as it takes, and I have to bring the thing to a decent close. So I do have a buffer there. It's going to be 90 to 100,000. It mustn't go over 100,000 words because of the kind of length that I want that novel to be. I may end up having to go over those four days, depending on how long it takes me to tidy up the loose ends properly and pull everything together. But I think at the moment I am on target to hit that about 90. It'll be not, it should be 90, 92-ish thousand words something like that really just depends how long it takes me to get the story out and to do it that's really good news because that means I'm going to finish he says looking at his schedule well as good as I'm going to finish at the end of June and that is actually a month ahead of schedule originally when I plotted this book out I thought I was going to finish it at the end of July and just by the skin of my teeth get it to Helen my copy editor proofreader Giving myself an extra month to go through this book is just going to be brilliant. It means I'm going to be able to go all the way through it a couple of times with a fine-tooth comb before Helen gets it. My wife's already been through it. She she works through it. I release it to my wife as we go along. <laughs> Though, actually, I've just released the last section to her. I've said you can't read anymore now until I get to the end because I don't want you reading the end in bits and pieces. I want you to read the end as it comes, as a whole, as, as a reader would read it. So my wife's going to have to hang on too. I'll release it to her next Saturday when it's finished. And she can see I've left her just on a real big cliffhanger now. I hope then I'm going to have it finished next Saturday. Watch this space. I'll let you know in next week's podcast diary and let you know how I get on. My plan then is to have then a month to read through it, to make sure it all makes sense, to make sure there's nothing wrong with the story, the plotting's right, to do all the changes that you have to do on second and third and however many drafts it's going to take me that I can fit in between next Saturday and the beginning of August, which is when I promised it to Helen. My plans for it are then that Helen is going to have it for a month. She'll work through it, proofread it, copy edit it, make any changes and raise anything that she needs to, to raise. And I need the first 5,000 words for the Festival of Writing in York because I've booked in 
three agent sessions. And the agents that I've picked are agents who want to read scripts like I've written. So I've asked Helen to have those first 5,000 words really finally polished for me because I have to have those in. I can't remember when it is. It's something like the last week of August I have to have those in. I've also researched, I think it's four or five, I'm just looking at my board here, one, two, four, well, four main ones, four main authors, I beg your pardon, four main publishers, and I'm going to send it to, to four publishers as well. And again, I've selected these publishers based on the kind of work that they're looking for. They're looking for fairly you know, cool, edgy uh, thrillers, which is what mine is. So I need to send it to the right kind of, of publisher, somebody who's going to be receptive to the style. Got four sorted out. The book's going to go, when it's been polished, it's going to go to those publishers too. And controversially, I keep looking at my schedule. I plan way ahead on my schedule. And I reckon that I'm going to be able to start writing the next book from the 14th of July. I'm going to hit the ground running. The minute I finish this one, I'm probably going to start writing the next one. Because I reckon, looking at my schedule, I haven't got too many training days. My training days are going to pick up after the summer holidays. I'm going to have client days, which I can self-organise. I reckon over summer I'm going to be able to hit three to f two to three writing days every week on average. I reckon then that I can squeeze in another 90,000 word first draft. So I think if I really push myself, I can get another one done by the end of, uh, the end of August. It means that I can basically have three thrillers written by the end of December of this year. So that's what I'm aiming for. I want three thrillers written by the end of this year. Then I will create a series of three 90 to 100,000 word thrillers. They will be written in a series. And if I've had no joy from publishers, agents or any of those things by Christmas, I'm not gonna hang on. I'm just gonna release all three at once, uh, self-publish them. And the first one will be free and it will, it will lead into the other two. I'm just going to self-publish. I'm not going to hang around forever. So I will try my hand with a, a couple of publishers and things, but I'm not going to hang on forever for it. Probably that means that they would get published, self-published, January. Probably January, I would guess, by the time they're all done and read and, and, and finished. That's the plan. I know it sounds complicated, but the bottom line is I'm looking to get three thrillers written by the end of this year. Not, not published, but written. Thriller one's going to be touted around agents and publishers and see whether we have any luck with it. And if we don't, I'll self-publish the thing. I won't be hanging on forever. I want to get the thing out there and making sales, which I know I can do if I self-publish. That's the plan. I'll let you know whether I get my 20,000 words written next week. One of the things I wanted to mention this week was the importance of reading and watching the right kind of telly for inspiration. I got my inspiration from for Don't Tell Meg, from a book called Because She Loves Me by Mark Edwards. I've never read anything by Mark before. And it, I think it popped up in my Facebook feed or something. And when I read the synopsis, I thought that's, that's exactly the kind of thriller I want to write. Now, my story is nothing like Because She Loves Me. But because, reading Because She Loves Me right before I started writing Don't Tell Meg, it just got my mind, my head, right in the zone that I need to be in, that I needed to be in to write Don't Tell Meg. So the stories have nothing in common at all. But what Mark Edwards writes, or that book particularly, was exactly the kind of thriller I want to write in Don't Tell Meg. I use Netflix. We're binge watching a lot of series on Netflix these days. And another series that's really inspired my writing is one called Bloodline. It's just got series two. I've binge watched series one and then fortunately they released series two. We binge watched series two. Bloodline is, is a great 
kind of murder, family saga, mixed up relationships kind of drama. And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, it's just done nothing but inspire me in terms of my storytelling, the way I tell stories and the techniques that they've used. And while I was on the trains, traveling on the trains, I always download some things from Prime, Amazon Prime to watch. And I watched a series on Amazon Prime when I was on the, was it on the plane or the train? Whichever one it was. I think it was probably on the, tr on the plane coming back from Bristol. A series called The Interestings, which isn't probably the best title on earth, but you, you, you figure out what it means and what it's all about in the first 10 minutes of the show. And what Amazon Video and Amazon Prime are doing these days is they release, they create what's effectively a pilot episode. And if they get enough feedback, enough positive feedback on an episode, they then go on and make the series, which if you think about it, it's just a brilliant way of making television. It's, it's just like when I used to make software. When you make software, what you're supposed to do is, is work out whether you've got an audience, whether people actually want the software before you start building it. And this is just the same with Amazon Prime. They're, they're testing, first of all, they're releasing a beta version, a basic version, which is the first episode. And they're not going to go on and invest more money and take a huge risk if people don't like it. And because I, I love the storytelling in the interestings, and if you are a writer, I would urge you to take a look at it. I, I voted for it because I'm dying to see the next, I want to see the rest of the story. They've, they've titillated me with this great story and I want to read the rest of it, or I want to see the rest of it. So I have given my feedback on the interestings. And I, I would urge you, if you are a writer, to check it out on Amazon Prime if you've got access to it. There's only one episode there, so you are going to be frustrated at the end in that you're going to be dying to see how it happens. But I love the storytelling. I love the way that they move across. I think it's three generations to tell the story. I love that kind of more complex storytelling. I think that Prime and Netflix are getting just really good at this. If you've watched Don't Call Saul, no, Better Call Saul, I beg your pardon, don't call Meg, Better Call Saul, get it right, Paul. So Better Call Saul on Netflix, the storytelling in that is just fantastic. They take all the time in the world to just let this story unfold. But they also use flashback at the beginning of the story to just give you really poignant insights into the characters. And the other thing about Better Call Saul is that it's caught, it's about Saul, or you'd think it's about Saul, but actually all the other characters are just as important to Saul's story. I would urge you then to, to check quality TV on Netflix and Prime as a writer uh, and also keep, keep reading. I've got a whole load of books stacked up because I want my head to be very firmly in the thriller zone at the moment. I need to be thinking thrillers. I need to be thinking about the tropes, the way that people write in thrillers. And I'm putting myself in the zone by what I'm watching and what I'm reading. And I would just recommend it to you as a technique if you want to just keep the, the, um, the inspiration flowing. The last thing I want to talk to you about for this week's uh, diary is my, my quarterly planning. We're coming to the end of a month. The, the month ends on Thursday of the forthcoming week. Yeah, Thursday. Friday is the 1st of July. And I'll put a picture on my page for this week just to show you what my quarterly planning board looks like. And I think I've probably mentioned it before, actually, in previous podcast diaries. But one of the things I found really valuable to, valuable to me in my business and my life, frankly, not just, just in business, is to have a quarterly planning board. So I carve the year up into quarter one, two, three, and four. And we're just about to end quarter two, which is April to June. And obviously, we're just about to enter quarter three, which is July to September. And the reason I think that I could be so productive and, and, and get so much done is because I always have 
a quarterly plan. And I've already talked to you about my planning sheets, which are here by the side of my desk. I feed the items in my quarterly plan. They feed through into my weekly plan. So I make objectives largely for the year. I've got I've got sketches right through to a year ahead. Very, very these are very broad sketches in terms of what I might be writing in, in a year's time. But as the quarters get closer, I my my planning is more detailed all the time. And why I like having quarterly planning is because not only does it help me stay focused, it means that I'm not thrashing around all the place doing all sorts of things. It means that I've got laser focus on the things that have to be done on my priorities at any given time. But also it gives me a sense of accomplishment. You know what it's like, you sometimes think, oh, you know what have I done, I've been busy. I constantly have this because I need to work to bring money in. On a week like this week, for instance, where uh, Monday, Thursday and Friday, I was out teaching and, and travel is involved in there a lot of the time. On Tuesday, I was traveling for the funeral. I came back early Wednesday morning and I managed to squeeze because I had an appointment canceled. I then looked at my diary and said, do you know what, I can get a day's writing and I managed to squeeze in 5,000 words on the Wednesday. I hadn't expected to be able to do that. And I, and I just find, so long as you know, they're like logs on a river. So long as you know what the next log is in terms of priority, which log is next through the dam or, or however you want to think about it. So you always know what your priorities are, what your most important things are. And I learned this from a chap called Nigel Botterill, who runs something called the Entrepreneur's Circle, something which I have an awful lot of time for. I've learned an awful lot from uh, in, in the past, and I always keep in touch with them because uh, I love the way that they do marketing. So in this week's podcast diary, I just wanted to review quarter two and talk to you about the achievements of quarter two. And then next week's diary, I'll talk you through what my next objectives are in quarter three. And I would, really would recommend this way of, of thinking because it really does help you get the work done. I've, I've found myself far more productive since I've been quarterly planning. My key achievements then in the last quarter have been to, to frankly write Don't Tell Meg. I've done it in less than a quarter of a year. I will have a 90,000 to a 100,000 word novel written within one quarter of the year and actually substantially less than that as it turns out. I I had some things to do with my other books. I'd I'd got lots of my non-fiction books in KDP Select, which means I couldn't have them listed on iTunes and all the other areas. At the beginning of this quarter, when they came out of the, their KDP Select tie-in period, I republished the books on all the platforms. I created box sets for everything. I've got box sets for the grid, box sets for the secret bunker trilogy, which I think I had before, actually. I just republished that one. And then I made a mammoth box set, which has all of my fiction books in. And I, and I sell all of these. These are just different ways of selling your books. And all of these uh, sell, not in massive numbers, but they all sell. And they're quite profitable when you're selling box sets as well. The reason I did big box sets like that is that I, I heard that they were very popular on Kobo. So at some point, when I get a little bit more organised, I want to run, run some ads on Kobo to sell a box set of six because I can sell it for more than $9 or £9.99, which is my upper price limit uh, in terms of my royalties on uh, on Kindle, on Amazon. I've done a lot of competition entries this quarter. I, I have to say, I am, I am beginning to think about whether my competition strategy is the right one. I'll put a picture of this in the notes for today's podcast diary and have a look at it. But this week I got, we're having quite a laugh about it in the house. I got my medallion for taking part in the 
is it Next Generation Indie Book Awards. I'd, I'd become a finalist in that. And I, if you've listened to these podcast diaries, you'll have heard me talking to you about the stickers that I got to put on the books that said I was a finalist. A lot of these competitions involve paying an entry fee. And I, I just did it as a strategy when I started writing. Because to my mind, if I could win a decent competition, then that's really good for, for publicity. It's really good for traction. And so I've had this policy of entering, I don't enter completely rubbish competitions, I try and enter quality competitions that I would want to win. But I don't see any particular benefit, from, I haven't seen any benefit from the two that I've been involved in. And when this medallion came, we were all having a laugh about it. It's like the kind of thing that the kids would have got at sports day to say, you know, well done, you took part, you finished the race. And I'm just thinking, you know, I don't know whether this is the best strategy now. And I think I'm with the current batch of competitions entered, I think I'm now going to raise my sights, basically, and only go in for really kind of... Competitions have got some prestige attached to them. Something I do want to win is a Writer's Digest competition. Writer's Digest have lots of great competitions. The prizes are great. Um, usually get something like, I think it's about $5,000, and they'll pay for you to go over the States to, to go to their annual conference in New York, that's a prize worth winning, you know, regardless of whether it brings me any kudos as an author, I actually just want to win that prize, that, that's a fantastic prize to win. So I, I do want to, I'm going to keep going because I do want to win a Reader's Di- Writer's Digest prize, I've had lots of good feedback from competitions in the past, I want to get, I'd like to win one of those prizes if I can, so I'm going to keep plugging away at that with Writer's Digest. But some of the lesser competitions, I think I am going to let them drop by the wayside, I think they're probably probably a bit of a waste of time and a bit of a waste of money. I should be putting that money perhaps into covers and into paying for structural edits and things like that. So I'm going to let this current batch expire. I'll be hearing whether I've had any success in these. It takes They take ages to, to go through the competitions. I'll find out whether I've won them or had any success in them, whether I've been a finalist over the course of the next year, which is great. But I think I'm going to change my policy. Back to key achievements in quarter two, I launched a podcast. We're up to episode number 17 this week, which I'm really pleased about. My The first phase of my podcast, I said to myself that I would run it till the end of September and make sure that we broadcast 30 episodes. So that's phase one of the podcast. 30 episodes of podcasts with UK people from the UK who are based, or their businesses are based predominantly in the UK, and generally people who have just got started in self-publishing. I'm going to change the framing of the podcast from the end of September, but my my first phase was to get the first 30 episodes done, to just make sure we were established, that we got some back episodes, we got some traction, and that it looked like the podcast was going to be around to stay. My my plans are, and this a lot of this depends on the money, of course, my plans are to get it rebranded, to get some decent uh, graphics done for it, maybe to give the website a makeover, just to make it look hu- a bit higher quality, I think. I did it on a, I bootstrapped it, I did it on a budget when I started it, and I would like it to look just a little bit more shiny, a little bit more professional than it does. It looks fine, but it's not quite how I'd like it to be. I'm hoping that I'm going to have enough money in the pot to be able to do that at the end of September. The other thing that I've done and finished and launched is Self-Publishing Academy. We've got that site done now. We've got lots of sales pages. That's ready to make sales. And the other thing I've done to help Self-Publishing Academy is I've recorded automated webinars. I've got two automated webinars for self-publishers there. The idea is you can sign up for those for free. You can get lots of value, lots of teaching value. And then 
I use those to promote self-publishing academy as well. And if you don't want self-publish academy, that's absolutely fine. You've still got the value from the automated webinars. And of course, I did my first presentation for the Alliance of Independent Authors, which I'm also very pleased about. Now on my quarter two planning board, my objectives aren't just about writing. I've got personal objectives in there too, and I've got financial things. I've got things like getting my self-assessment tax return in. So there are boring things like that that have to be done as well. I've got three events in there. I've attended three events in that quarter. I went to the Author School event in London, the Self-Publishing Conference in Leicester, and the Crime event in Newcastle. My, my quarter two or my quarterly targets have personal things in there as well as business things. It's not all just work. A lot of it's uh, pleasure as well. So I will publish that. You can see that everything's ticked off. I've got this wonderful sense of achievement. And I have to say, I, I'm really looking for, This is really sad. This is a really sad admission. But on Thursday, I love it when it's the end of a quarter and I can take photographs of the board so I've got a record of it. But I clean the board and we start that objective process all over again. I have got my outline objectives all ready for quarter three. I'll probably add a few extras there, put some personal things in there as well. And I'll let you see that when I've done it in next week's podcast diary. But the bottom line is I get massive value from quarterly planning and then moving over to the weekly plans. It means that I'm always hyper, hyper focused. Now, clearly the work that I do has to fit in. I've got to make sure I'm earning a living and bringing in enough money to, to keep the roof over our head and to pay for the book expenses that I have. I'm, I'm bootstrapping this whole thing. But whenever I've got a slot on my diary, I refer back to the quarterly. If I don't know what to do, I look at the quarterly planning board and that always informs what I'm doing. So I'm always doing stuff that counts in the business or in my personal life. That's it for this week. Bit of a funny uh, diary this week. I, I hope it's useful to you. I hope it gives you some form of inspiration in your own writing business. If you've got any questions for me, if there's any topics that you want me to talk about or you've heard something and you think, oh, I'd like to know how he does that or I'd like to know a little bit more about that, please feel free to get in touch. Happy for you to email me anytime. And my email address is paul at paulteague.com. Thank you for listening to this week's Self-Publishing Journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher or whichever podcast directory you use. If you're new to self-publishing, you might also like to check out selfpublishingacademy.com, the step-by-step guide to getting your manuscript off your hard drive and into print. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.